This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight I want to talk to you about the tools of magic. This is one of those topics that people have been asking for for a while. And I thought, you know, maybe it's time we covered what are the different tools we can use for working with energy? Why do we need them? Do we need them? How do we use them? So I want to go through some of the basics for those of you who are still getting started or who are looking to elevate your practice. So why is this important? This is important because, like it or not, we are three-dimensional beings. And working with energy, it can be a difficult concept for our thinky-thinky little human minds to wrap our hands around. And so using different tools helps to bring the intangible form of energy into a tangible form so that we can work with it, so that it makes sense to us. Oftentimes when people are working with energy, they're like, well... I don't really know if it's working. How do I know? So the more we can involve our five senses, the easier it gets for us to start to tune into some shifts. So using these different tools is about bringing something into the physical world to help you connect with the energy. Using these different physical objects and tools can actually help you unlock certain parts of your mind that may otherwise be hard to access. And at the end of the day, I maintain that every adult should have a magic wand, because why not? Because it's fun. Because if you're not bringing some happiness, joy, and magic into your life, then really, what's the point? So if we're going to talk about tools of magic, I think it's important to talk about what magic is. And you'll notice that I always spell magic with a K. Uh, this was a concept introduced by Aleister Crowley, and it was just to distinguish the difference between magic like what you see on a stage and magic like what we're talking about today when it comes to energy. So magic when it comes to energy really is just the personal practice of causing a desired change through focused awareness and consciousness. It's about using your conscious will, thinky, thinky self to bring an idea or a concept or an inspiration down into physical manifestation, which means that we are practicing magic all the time. The question is, are you creating the magic of your empowerment? Are you creating the magic of your health and healing? Or are you creating the magic of your victimhood? All of us are creating magic all the time. The question is, what kind of magic are you creating in your life? And how can you take more control over this process to create the changes that you want to change? So anytime you have any kind of an aha moment or you're inspired by something, where'd that come from? You're going along, nothing's going on in particular, and then poof, out of nowhere, you just have this aha, or what we call in the spiritual world a download. Or if you've ever had the experience where you're attempting to think of something and it just won't go there, so you're going along and then three o'clock in the morning, usually it goes and just pops into your head out of nowhere. Or if you're using your imagination to create something new, if there's something that doesn't yet exist in the world, but it exists in your head and you are working to bring this idea, this dream, this wish into reality, anytime we're using any of these processes, we're creating magic. We are taking something from the world of ideas and we're bringing it down into the physical world. Now, in the past, we've talked about this idea that you exist on four realms. So, of course, you have your physical self in the physical realm. This is the part that is experienced by your five senses. So anything you can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear is part of the physical world, physical realm. Nice and easy. 
There's the emotional realm. This is the part that is connected to your unconscious mind. This is where your shadow lives. This is where your hopes and beliefs live. This is where your fears live. This is where all of who you are, who you've been, what was handed down to you and what you project out into the future exists. So your emotional self is where all your highest potential live. Unfortunately, it's also cluttered up with all the crap we don't like about ourselves. So all that resides in the emotional realm. We, of course, have our mental realm self. This is associated with our thinking self, our conscious mind. This is the part of you that seeks to understand. This is the part of you that asks why. This is the part of you that takes those ideas and starts to put it into words so you can start to bring it into physical reality. And then, of course, there's a spiritual world connected to your higher self. This is your energetic self. So when we're talking about magic, what we're really saying is I want to take something from the spiritual world and I want to bring it down into my physical reality which means I'm going to take an idea. I'm going to take something that inspires me. I'm going to take a download or a dream or a wish, something that's not tangible outside of my own consciousness. And I want to pull it down. The first place it has to go through, it has to go through my mental realm self, which is why we want to make sure our thoughts are in alignment with what we want to bring into this world. If I get an idea and then I think about it, and the key word is I think about it and then I talk myself out of it, then the idea gets stopped at the mental realm. It doesn't go any further. Now, if I take something from the world of ideas, from the world of energy, and I bring it through my thinking self, and I use my thoughts to empower it and put it into words and give it a voice, well, now it has to move through my emotional self. Now I have to fire this up. If I have an idea and I think about it and my initial emotional response is, meh, it's probably not going to come into the physical. I need the energy of my emotions to move it. And when we pull that energy from the world of ideas, through our thoughts, through our emotional self, then we can bring it down into physical reality. We can manifest this thing that originally started as an idea. And I mean, everything in our world started as an idea. The computer you're on started as an idea. The chair you're sitting on started as an idea. It didn't just pop into existence. It started in someone's brain as a thought. And then they energized it with their thinking self. And they fueled it with their emotions and their passion. And then, cheer. So magic is really just the process of bringing an idea down into the physical world. In the business world, we would call it goal setting. In the spiritual world, we will call it magic. Personally, magic sounds more fun than goal setting, so I like to stick to that one. But it's basically the same thing. So in the coaching world, we know that your focus determines your behavior, and your behavior determines your results. Therefore, magic begins when you set an intention, which is your focus, when you adjust your behavior in a way that brings that idea into physical reality, and that's your results. So like I said, in the business world, in the coaching world, we talk about this all the time. We just talk about it in terms of focus and behavior and results. And in the spiritual world and the esoteric world, we call it magic, because again, fun. Now remember when it comes to any kind of energy work, any kind of transformation, healing, or magic, there's really only three things you need to pay attention to. Your intention, your imagination, and your intuition, which means you don't need tools. You don't need magic wands. You don't need a thaw maze. You don't need any of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. And we are three-dimensional beings. And sometimes just using our imagination in the beginning is hard because most of us turned that skill off very young. And so it's easier to tap into your imagination while holding an athame or a magic wand. If that enhances the experience, then do it. So the magical tools are designed to help enhance what is already in you. 
and you don't need them. And they're fun and they can enhance the experience. So there are lots of different tools you can use. I want to talk about the four popular ones and the four ones that I like and use myself. So there's magic wands, there is the athame, there are cauldrons, and there are crystal balls. So what are all these things? So magic wands, most people know what these are. A magic wand is just basically any long pointed tool. It's often made of wood, but it doesn't have to be. It's often crafted. You can find these with different colors and patterns and shapes. And a magic wand is used to focus and direct any kind of energy. Now, when you're first starting off, yes, your finger in a pointing position does count as a built-in magic wand. In fact, you were given 10 little magic wands stuck on your hand. And it's fun to have a little magic wand to play with. Now, it's said that depending on what your intention is, there are different kinds of woods that you can use for a magic wand. Uh, for instance, if you're looking to build strength and courage as your intention, then oak is associated with that. If you're looking for more of a grounding and cleansing and protection, birch is the wood you're going to look for. If you want healing and spirituality and prosperity, it's said that cedar could be very helpful for that intention. Or if you want love and tranquility and harmony, you can use willow. Now, if you are crafty, then you can make your own magic wand. I have been known to just walking in the woods. I find a stick. And I don't know what it is about that stick, but I like that stick more than other sticks. And that stick tells me it needs to come home with me. And sometimes I just use them as is. And I've seen people, you can get really creative and paint them. You can wrap them in wire, which helps magnify the energy. You can put crystals on your magic wand. The only limit is your imagination. There is no right or wrong way to do this. And so you're going to follow your intuition. And if it helps make it more real for you, if it helps you set that intention, if it helps that intention focus more readily, it's easy to see how it will fit into your practice. Now, an athame is basically just a ritual knife or a dagger, and it typically symbolizes the element of fire or of air, depending on your tradition. And an athame is used to direct energy and draw out boundaries. Athame has this more authoritative, directive energy. Traditionally, it pairs a steel or an iron blade with a wooden handle, and I've seen them, they come in all shapes and sizes, all sorts of decorations, all sorts of, of materials. It doesn't matter. Again, you're going to follow your intuition. Sometimes the limit is the space that you have on your altar. If you have a little tiny altar, you want a little tiny athame. If you have a big space, you can get a big honking one, or you can have a bunch of them. And an athame, unlike a regular knife, so if you look at your knife in the kitchen, one side, the top part of the knife, is, is dull, and the bottom side is the sharp part for cutting. An athame typically is double-edged, which means that both sides of it can cut. And athames can be very practical. Um, for example, when I want to carve a sigil or an intention into a candle, I used to use a fingernail. That hurts. <laughs> and then I use the top of a pen. It's practical, but it didn't feel magical. The athame feels like I'm doing something. And so I like the fact the athame has a nice weight in your hand. So for those of you who are kinesthetic, it really adds a different element to your practice. And again, you don't need it. And it's a really cool addition. It's a really cool addition. Cauldrons, I'm not going to lie, this one's my favorite ever. I didn't know how much I needed a cauldron until I had a cauldron. And I resisted it because it sounds silly to be an adult who says that they have a cauldron. But they are so practical. You can use it for burning incense. I love doing, I can do fire releases anytime I want to and it's safe. 
in the past, I would like burn paper over the toilet so that it could fall into the water. It works, but it doesn't feel as magical, surprisingly. So the cauldron gives you this really cool feeling. It symbolizes the divine feminine because it's a vessel. So on your altar, you can use it to represent the element of water. I use my cauldron on my altar to symbolize the element of earth. So I actually fill it with salt. And then as my charcoal tablets and all my incense burns down, I pour it into my cauldron and eventually I grind it down to make black salt, which is excellent for protection. So I like the fact that my cauldrons, it's nice, it's neat, it's tidy. So the cauldron's a really practical device. You can put some, you can do it almost like a scentsy warmer where you put some wax or oils in it. If you put a little tea light under the bottom, because you'll notice cauldrons always have little feet. So you can put a tea light under it that heats it up. So you can put water with some essential oil. So it can become a little diffuser. So I love the cauldron. It has so many different uses and it's just really practical. Also, if you want to cleanse your space using a charcoal tablet and um, resin, it gets hot. It's really hot. The cauldron has a little handle on it so that you can cleanse your space without burning yourself. Because of course, safety first. And then the crystal ball, which most people are like, what the heck is that for? So a crystal ball is actually used for scrying. And scrying is a divination practice. It is the, it comes from the old English word descry, which means to make out dimly or to reveal. And basically scrying is about revealing the unseen through the use of our inborn second sight, which is fancy for saying it's a way to connect your unconscious mind, to connect your intuitive self, to your higher self, to your thinking self. It's a way to get out of your own head. And crystal balls, they're perfectly spherical and they are clear. And so when you allow yourself to look into them in an unfocused gaze, eventually your conscious mind has no choice but to let go and surrender. And when that happens, your unconscious mind takes over and some really cool things can happen. So how to actually use it for scrying. So one, you have to place the crystal ball on a stand in front of you. This is physics. It's a round ball. If it's not on a stand, it will roll away. Then you're going to sit down. You're going to prepare yourself. You're going to set your intention. You're going to get yourself into a nice relaxed state. You're going to cleanse the space. You're going to do whatever you need to do to get yourself prepared. And then you're going to look into the ball and you're just going to allow your eyes to become unfocused. If you remember back in the, I believe it was the 90s, when they had the stereogram pictures where it looked like just this modeled random pattern of dots, and if you looked at it just the right way, a three-dimensional image would pop out. You're going to use the same kind of gaze on a crystal ball. You're going to avoid using your thinking self to look, and you're going to allow yourself to relax into it. And this can take some time. Using a crystal ball is all about cultivating patience. And as my shaman would say, you know what the gift of patience is? Patience. <laughs> so using a crystal ball is all about training yourself to get out of your own way. It's about allowing yourself to get into a deeply meditative trance-like state, aka getting your conscious mind out of the way, so you can start to get information. Divination is not fortune-telling. The future has not been written in stone. You make decisions and choices every day. And so divination is about accessing new information. And you don't need a crystal ball to do this. You can do, um, there are people who use wax. Uh, tea leaves is a form of scrying. You can look into a mirror. 
Um, you can look into the moon reflected in water. There are a lot of different ways to do scrying and crystal balls is one of the more popular ways. Now, this is a safety thing, so this is extremely important. If you have a crystal ball, you need to keep it covered when it's not in use. When sunlight comes in through a crystal ball, it magnifies and actually start a fire. I actually like for scrying, I've been known to just use a candle. Just get yourself into a good meditative state, light a candle, could be a tea light, could be anything. And then you just sit in front of it and relax and you just allow yourself to look at the flame. And I will tell you, the first time I did that, I spent about 10 minutes thinking, I'm looking at a flame, I'm looking at a flame, I don't know what's supposed to happen, looking at a flame. Like I had no idea what to expect. I just sat there, not really sure what was happening. And then about 10 minutes in, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I started to sob. Something came out something released and I had this amazing aha moment that just came out of the blue. And that's the power of scrying. It's about accessing something that's beneath the surface and allowing you to bring it up into the light for healing. And you may not always be consciously aware of what comes up and you will always notice some sort of an emotional response to it. And so you can use a candle or you can use a crystal ball. So that's what they're for. So some key concepts to remember. Most important, you don't need any of these things. You really don't. Your intention, your imagination is all that is needed to create magic. That's all that is needed to take an idea from the world of inspiration down through your thoughts, down through your emotions, down into the physical world. That's all you need. And using these tools can help enhance the experience to make it more real for you. And the more real it feels for you, the more real it will become for you, the more likely it is to become actually real in this reality. Remember that the magic lies in you. The tools are designed to enhance your connection with your own internal power. This is not about accessing something outside of you. This is about enhancing what already exists in you. And remember that allowing your intuition to be the guide is the best way to pick what tool is for you because inevitably the next question is, well, how do I know which one to use? Get quiet with yourself. Ask yourself, which one do I need? Yourself will answer. Follow that intuition. And of course, as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. It is weird to let people know that you have an athame or a cauldron or that you have a crystal ball. It's going to feel a little bit different. Just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Just decide that you are ready for this change. Decide that you are wanting this deeper connection with yourself. And decide that you want that magic more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that takes you to the next step. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight or past episodes of the podcast or of Healing Circle, please know you can always reach out to me uh, through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com slash circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. 
During our time in Circle Together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after, I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelifeunbroken.com backslash circle, C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.